0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I am here with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Scott. How's it going? Awesome, man. I, um, I love questions. Now, that is kind of crazy <laughs> to say since I have a three-year-old, and they average about four million questions a day. But why? Why? But why? Yeah, why, right? Why? But why? Because, because I said so. So it makes yeah, me why? realize how little I do know about life. Um, every drive to and from daycare, or every trip to the grocery <laughs> store, which is kind of an odd thing to say in the time right now, but um, even hey, even just getting them out of their room in the morning—it's—it's. It's, I don't realize how much that I don't know until they start asking questions. So,
1: yeah, um, I know you can't relate to that. No, not at all. Yeah, mine just <laughs> turned three, and uh, you guys got her the perfect shirt. But why? But why? <laughs> and when I went to explain the shirt to her the next day. Literally, she asked me, but why? Uh, uh, Perfect, right? So I actually do enjoy
0: questions because then the questions turn into a point of learning for us. But then also, you know, we can can put out some more just answers and get you guys what you're looking for in terms of your fasting journey. So last week, uh, we talked about Tommy's um, 72-hour fasting formula. So things that, you know, you look at, Um, In terms of prepping, starting it, the middle portion, how you continue to succeed on it, you use the seventy-two hour fast as a tool. You you probably Probably my favorite tool, yeah. Right, you work it into your week. You do it around your date nights, um, which are which are extremely important to you. So um, you know the middle portion of like what to do, how to navigate it, and then how to break the fast, and then a lot of other stuff too. So if you're looking to um, you know push past the standard one meal a day. Um, or if you've done some 48s you want to get the 72, awesome episode, um, just amazing amount of content in there. So go back and listen to that. And then today we're going to go through our second round of questions from you guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you guys um, sending in questions, feedback, what's on your mind. Um, So we've been keeping a running list of these for a while now. And uh, we've reached a tipping point where, you know, it's time to to put out some, some direct answers. So got enough, uh, common threads out there that keep popping up. So we're getting a good feel for what's on your minds. So we thought we'd, um, provide some, some answers to those.
0: I think a good starting point, Tommy would be, um, so this came in, so we've been getting questions from everywhere. We're asking you to put them in the podcast, uh, five star reviews that you leave for us. Um, and we've been getting them through Facebook messenger, um, so some of our clients through text message through, um, pretty much everywhere. I don't even know where they're all coming from. Just a whole yeah, bunch of carrier pigeons yeah, yeah. just <laughs> everywhere.
1: Yeah. Well played yeah, like a singing, singing telegrams. Fine. Yeah,
0: that is awesome. So this one came in from a text message and it says, uh, this is from David. What happens once you reach your target weight is fasting still a method for maintaining? And how does that look different than fasting for weight loss? are you still doing 96 hour fast or OMAD or
1: cutting it out entirely, et cetera? I thought that was a great question. Um, So, you know, the first thing that pops into my mind is my wife's story, um, which, so she used one meal a day to drop probably 40 something pounds of pregnancy weight um, after a couple of kids. And then, so, so she's, she's at her maintenance point. Um, where she basically maintains about a five pound window, five pound buffer window. And and she uses one meal a day. But so what she did to tweak that one meal a day was um, she bumped it up to two meals a day, usually three or four days a week, whereas she used to do that one or two days a week. Um, so so that, that seems to do well for her, uh, depending on her calorie output, how the day looks. Um, you know, some days where she she was planning on just having one meal, she has a second meal or she has a a smaller, um, you know, second portion that day. And then, so she's just kind of fluid with it and probably averages one and a half to, you know, maybe 1.75 meals per day uh, throughout the week instead of just one. So that, that works for her. And I I think that's a good, a good method to tweak.
0: And I I like David's comparison here, you know, between once you reach, you know, is it, what does it look like you know, the difference between maintaining and fasting for weight loss. So would you just drop it for me? Um, you know, the whole name of our everything is fasting for life. You know, there's a lot of different levels there. Um, it's to improve your quality of life to regain for me, regain my health, get my life back. Um, but I'm going to be doing this forever because it's so powerful on a physiological level. So, you know, I've been maintaining, you know, for a while and going to make a final push down to the ideal body composition. That's a different conversation, but I like, um, and this is where the master and you're just speaking to it, uh, with your wife and she's figured out what works for her, what works for her schedule, what works for having two kids at the ages she has, you know? So for me, I know right now that I am a one meal a day guy. Um, I don't like eating breakfast. I just Mm -hmm. never have, um, lunch. I'm usually running around being, you know, doing stuff in between meetings, in between locations, working from my home office, my wife's office, um you know running out getting the dog food that we forgot to get the weekend before like the middle of the day for me is usually transitional yeah. um and I love dinner with my kids so i like being in the kitchen cooking pre- even if i'm not eating that night prepping being at the dinner table you know saying the the my da- my 3-year-old daughter says grace every night it's so adorable yeah. um i just it I, and it can be absolutely chaotic and crazy and screaming too um but i like the dinner with everybody so um i like to think about it this way is fasting from a physiological standpoint has so many benefits for overall health that I am never going to stop. It's not about the weight loss at that point. It's about the health impact and about the simplicity and control for me.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I, in other conversations with David, um, you know, he, he mentioned how fasting kind of empowered him through I I think he probably had like 20 pounds that he wanted to lose, but, um, you know, getting into his late twenties, he wasn't sure why he couldn't drop it. Whereas, you know, he had been able to drop it so many times in the past. And when we started talking about fasting, he said, wow, like it's crazy because it just automatically prioritizes everything where if I'm only eating one meal a day, like I'm really enjoying that meal. And I don't, I don't have to worry about, Oh, well, should I not go to that social gathering or, you know, maybe, Oh, they're going to go out and, you know, have a beer, but I'm, I'm calorie restricted and I'm over on my calories for the day. Like, no, I'm just having the one meal a day. I don't have to overindulge, but I don't really have to miss out on anything either. Like, it's just, it's just a perfect solution.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's, we both really like that question too. So that's where the mastery comes in again. You're gonna have to figure out what works for you, but I would encourage you to keep doing it. Once you're at that ideal weight, um, this just simplifies everything. So, yeah, never you may mind.
1: Expand your eating window, but yeah, that that doesn't mean throwing out the method or anything. Right, I, right. And then fantastic
0: when the holidays come around, you've got a plan. Like you know how to control it, right? Where everybody else is putting on that six to eight pounds, it takes them their entire life to get rid of. Um, you, you know, you just navigate it and you're like, yeah, I'm good. You know, had Thanksgiving yesterday, not eating today, you know, so it just gives you so much more, so more, much more flexibility. So, um, really appreciate that question, David. And then I want to do a shout out here, uh, on the fly here, Tommy to Ross, Ross had Mm -hmm. left us a comment, um, and kind of an inquisition. Uh, He had come from our fast start guide mini masterclass, which is the new, um, Login that you get which is the uh, deep dive. It's the 20 minute deep dive uh, That goes hand-in-hand with the fast start guide. So it's video trainings Mm -hmm. um, And you you get access to the site you get a login um, And then you get the 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 videos to go hand in hand and it's just been the feedback's been unbelievable He left us left us left us a comment um, and what he's been doing He's had great results with the intermittent fasting window, the 18.6. He's reduced his carbs. He's lost 20 pounds in six weeks. Nice. He hasn't felt this good in years. So I want to give a shout out to Ross because you are killing it, my man. Um, and then this is my favorite part. I'd like more information on how to complete longer fasts, 48 to 72 hours. Perfect. Boom. So we just last week, right? So yep. Um. Ross, uh, by the time you hear this, you might've already listened to it, but shout out to you. Uh, You're killing it. Let us know what else we can do to help you along the way. Glad you enjoyed the mini masterclass. Um, And that's the, man, I don't know. You're, you're bobbing your head right now. Like that's, that's why it's, it's, it's,
1: it's powerful. I mean, and I, I just, it brings me back to, let's see, it was a little over a year ago before I had done my first, you know, 72. So, remembering that feeling of how do, how do you actually do it? How do you make the rubber, um, you know, uh, meet the road. And if you don't have someone else that, you know, that has personally gone through it, like that's, that's why we're here. That's, that's what we're doing. Cause that's what we needed to get it done. So we know everybody else does too. Right. Right. Awesome stuff.
0: Um, so just scanning the list here for the Q and A's that we have, um, we have a couple questions that really, and this is something we get often. So I kind of want to group a few of these together, but I'll give the the origins in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, this came from our first Facebook challenge. And then we had also uh, a review on Apple podcast, another five-star review. Um, if you guys don't hey. know where that is, go ahead and drop us one. We, we, we only accept five-star reviews um, and questions that go along with them. So uh, if you haven't done that yet, give us a shout out, ask a question. But this comes from uh, Buna Bib, um, it's always trying to—it's always fun trying to say the names,
1: um, yeah.
0: Buna Bib. And so, a couple of questions around food, right? So, um, the, the challenge question from Lisa B was, "I'd like to know more about meal plans during the fast, right?" Mm-hmm. And then the second one from Buna Bib on that podcast review was, "Do you guys pay attention to macros at all? Many fasters are nuts about keto." You guys mentioned whole foods, but not macros. Do you just feel more hungry if you also eat carbs while feeding so lots of little things to unpack there, um, but when it comes to meal plans, we really keep it simple yeah and uh, it's it's <laughs> how do I put this it's um it's balanced it's smart, and it doesn't fit one indoctrinated viewpoint of low carb, keto, um, you know, Atkins, insert any name, uh, reverse dieting, whatever. It doesn't really matter to us as much um, because because we all know that the the apple is actually healthier for us than the donut, right? So we all have a lot of knowledge about what healthy foods are. So we're not really into the, now I do lean more keto and low carb because that works for me. I've done some genetic testing where my body does not process carbohydrates well. Well, duh, that's insulin resistance. But apparently my genetic material too doesn't really like it. Where my wife operates better on more of like an even, and this is where the conversation of macros come in. She does better when it's like an even split between um, fats, carbs, and protein. So those are your macronutrients. Your micronutrients are different. Your macronutrients come from food. So fat, protein, and carbohydrate. I do better on more fat, low carb moderate protein. She does better on kind of even a little bit less fat, more protein, and more carbs. So Mm -hmm. it it just depends. And that's why this question is so hard to answer. So we just start with um, the point of fasting is to clear the system, caloric deficit, remove the glycogen from the liver, allow the body to heal, balance the hormones, all those benefits, right? So Mm -hmm. keep it simple when it comes to meals. And um, just use common sense. We know, again, Eat the apple versus the donut. Not saying you can't eat the donut, but we know what's
1: healthy, right? And then, and the, we're 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 sitting here. We're talking about fasting. When we talk about a seventy-two hour fast. Um, you know, if you're at your ideal body composition, you're probably not thinking too much about your next seventy-two hour fast. I mean, there are some exceptions to that, but if you're if you're doing that a longer fast, you're you're probably looking to drop some pounds. Get the insulin levels low and start healing yourself, right? So what, what we try not to do is, is focus too much on the nitty-gritty of the macronutrient profile of the meal for, for your one meal a day. We have some general concepts. Focus on healthy fats, lean protein. Um, reduce the refined carbohydrates. It's all there in the fast start guide. And the reason why we do that is because it's really easy to get lost in those little details that you can become obsessed with them. And if you were just more worried about doing your daily one meal a day, 22 to 24 hour fast, you, you would fast forward. You would get the results that you wanted without spending all the time worrying about the nitty gritty details. So just focus on the whole foods, doing, doing what's right overall, most of the time. And and you're going to get there.
0: Right. And if you do macros, I'm going to speak directly to you. I did macros uh, multiple times for three to six months at a time. And I got fatter. My body composition got worse. And I felt worse than ever before in my life because the people that, and that's when I really started learning about macros too, in terms of the calculations. And I was doing CrossFit at the time. So if you're looking for performance, yeah, track your stuff, like know what works for your body, know what works better on your recovery days, know what works better for your, your, your longer, more high output workouts, you know, definitely right. track and use your macros to your advantage. Cause you know, you value what you track and if you value your health and your results, you're going to track it. But for me, um, I did that stuff for so long and it didn't work that it's almost like this is gonna be a terrible pun, but like I, I have a bad taste in my mouth. Like I oh, just, wow. yeah, yeah, I just yeah, yeah, I just okay. I did. So I'll just move on. Sorry, everybody. Okay. Yeah, I'll just shuffle away. <laughs> so um yeah, really what Tommy said is, and this is for Boonabib, um, he asked, you know, do you feel more hungry if you also eat carbs while feeding? The answer is yes. In my opinion, um, you know, you're eating more of those short acting carbohydrates. So, um, your body's not going to be as satiated. Um, and you're going to have those cravings come back more. So, um, I, we recommend, um, you know, we're not anti-carb people, but if you're looking to lose weight, reverse metabolic disease, diabetes, et cetera, then yeah, you got to avoid the carbohydrates. Um,
1: keep them lower. It's going to be better for you.
0: Yeah, you're just going to get a better, quicker response. So, um, and then meal plans again, just, you know, keep it simple. Um, Eat the foods you like to eat. Um, You know what you're indulging in that you shouldn't be indulging in. So try to have that mindset shift that if, um, we've talked about a, a lot about this lately, if you're only eating one meal a day and you choose to eat that meal poorly, then you've only, you're given your body poor nutrition that entire day. So just think about before you eat, and honestly, if you're looking for very specific meal plans, if you guys are um, that, you know, personality type that likes to follow, like my wife likes to follow a very strict, these are my recipes. This, I mean, we do meal planning and meal prep every week for the family too. But like like specific meal plans, you can just get on Google or YouTube. And there are tons of resources out there that can give you 14-day, 21-day, 28-day meal plans. Um, and we would recommend, again, less carbs. More fat and lean protein, absolutely, cool. So uh, I know we kind of grouped you in together there, uh, Lisa B and Boone and Bib. But uh, thank you for the questions. I uh, hope you guys keep listening. If there's anything else we can do for you, let us know. Um, and then the last one uh, that we're going to go over today is a text that came in from Megan, um, and this is a a, a more uh, difficult conversation to have because it involves kids. So, um, childhood obesity, adolescent obesity leads to adult obesity, which leads to early death and disease. And I hate to be so morbid about it, but we know that being overweight younger leads to potentially being overweight later in life. There's a big correlation there. And then when you are overweight and you have metabolic dysfunction and disorders like diabetes, your heart disease risk goes through the roof. Um, so you're literally increasing all of those chances. So it's tough when we look at kids because, you know, kids need to eat, they're growing brain development, uh, milestones, all of those different types of things. Yeah. So I really want to come at this from a perspective of what we do with our family. Um, and the understanding and principle of the basic physio- physiology, um, of what actually happens in a day-to-day circadian rhythm kind of food cycle so to speak
1: yeah i mean and and there's also a matter of you know culture lifestyle habits um and then we get to the fact that our, our our children are are they are just diseased like they never have been before they are they're they're ticking time bombs and we're already seeing it. We're already seeing the first generation of, of kids that was starting off to be overweight and then getting obese earlier and earlier. And, you know, they, they had to start changing the names of the diseases. They used to be adult onset and, right. and then they, they stopped being because they were seeing more and more cases like that. And then those kids are going on to have um, you know, overweight babies who are, insulin resistant right out of the womb. And then right. they're just, they're set up from day one or even before day one.
0: Right. And there's a lot of uh, information. My, my wife specializes in pediatrics and fertility and family planning and, you know, postpartum and all of that. And there's a huge bunch of information and research out there about mom's nutrition and how it affects baby um, before mm-hmm. the baby's even born. So um, don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but Megan, I really do appreciate this question um, because we really want to talk about it in terms of my experience growing up, my, well, I should say our, because you'll give your insights too, Tommy our experience with how we're, what we're doing with our kids. Um, and then what I've helped families do, you know, when I was in clinical practice, but really looking at it from a nutritional standpoint and not yeah. just a food standpoint. So how can we give their bodies, their little developing bodies, what they need to, in order to have that balance out before it becomes a, a greater problem. So, um, you know, kids need to lose weight. Yeah. If they're overweight, I encourage them, you know, the parents to take some action and help them with that. So how to address that. Um, and then you're not going to find a lot of research on this out there. So again, just talking more about nutritional pr- principles, um, and, and kind of some action steps and what we can do to help.
1: Yeah, it's and it's almost scary um, or just shocking how little research is out there. You you try to say, okay, well, are there any you know uh, gold standard studies done on on kids and and reversing metabolic disease for them? But you know that there's there's very little um, you know adult research um, on on a lot of the things that we talk about. Um, so so the the kid kid research is just incredibly, you know, just limited. Yeah. There, yeah. Yeah.
0: So um, I want to go back to me growing up. Right. So it was eat your breakfast, finish your plate. That's all you get. And my, my parents are loving, un- amazing individuals. Like they are unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not going to paint them in the picture. I grew up in this dictatorship, you know, um, kind of situation. Like we were nicknamed the Brady Bunch by all the neighborhood kids. Like my parents are fantastic. They're just amazing. But Um, When it came to food, it was they grew up with very little, right? So it was always finish what's on your plate. Um, This is what we're having. And if I ever came home from school and tried to reach for a snack Mm -hmm. (laughs) out of the cabinet when dinner was being prepared, that would not have gone well. So a couple of things you can do in terms of controlling, because a good friend of mine who practices with his wife and they have a huge impactful practice practice health center in Jacksonville, I'll give a shout out to Dr. Aaron and Zach Zovath. Um, I got on the phone with him one day. He has, they have kids a little bit older than ours and they, you know, go to daycares and stuff. And he said, you control what you can control. And I said, well, wow. Okay. That's powerful in every area of life. But cause I was talking about daycares. We we're having trouble with this one um, place that my daughter um, was going, not currently um, where we weren't allowed to bring her own snacks anymore. So Zach said to me, he's like, well, just supply food for the whole school. Church isn't going to say no. And I was like, huh. Mm -hmm. He's like, control what you can control. So for moms and dads out there, I understand like, I have a three-year-old one day she loves this. The next day she hates the exact same thing. And you're like, what in the world just happened? So control what you can control and their little bodies know. So, um, you know, just in an actual plan from day to day, is make sure that there are options in the house that are healthier. You know, they may want the Cheetos, but I guarantee they'll eat the apple with almond butter once they give it a try. Mm -hmm. So um, little things like that in terms of, you know, good replacements, if you don't have the junk food in the house, then they can't eat it. And I'm not insinuating Megan that, you know, you have, you know, a, a a cupboard full of that stuff. But I know when I go grocery shopping, I don't go to the middle aisles very often. You know, when Quinn has goldfish, we actually have made them at home for her class, um, which is extremely tedious. I wouldn't recommend doing that. Um, Or we found a more healthy alternative, right? Mm -hmm. So once you start diving into this, you can find healthy replacements for a lot of the standard popcorns and Cheetos and Doritos and um, and you know, I know we love the Siete chips, which are some of the best tortilla chips I've ever had. So really encouraging the replacement, not the removal. Cause if you restrict, I know when I was a kid, my mom said, don't do something. I was like, Hmm, okay. Yeah. I'm going to do That's that. All I do. Right. That's right. That's so all I want. a little perspective on that. And I know there's not a, like a huge actionable thing there, but it's, um, in terms of like, you know, should kids fast? we'll get to that in a second but really the nutritional side of thing is when the body is getting what it needs reducing those processed foods and those foods laden with chemicals and you know colorings and all that kind of stuff you know their their body's going to be able to better to handle it
1: yeah you know and um speaking of food choices empower your kids get them involved in the choice you Each. may be really shocked at how much they might want um you know, some, some freshly cooked, you know, meat instead of some, you, you know, uh, I don't know, a, a lunch a cheese stick. or yeah, a <laughs> cheese stick or, 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 you know, just, just something processed, you know, the bag of chips or, or whatever right. it is like that stuff just tastes better. They're, you know, they, they might be used to grabbing a, a quick snack, but they can appreciate, you know, good tasting food too. So they'll make yeah. a whole food option. Um, they'll make that choice sometimes as well. And I'm just going to come
0: out and say this right now, um, as I'm uh, reminded every day that I interact with my wonderful three-year-old, one of the sweetest kids in the world, but I am biased, but um, I'm reminded that I'm not great at a lot of things when it comes to being a parent, right? Multiple failures every single day. So when we're talking about this stuff, Megan, you know, we're really trying to come at it from a compassionate standpoint of, you know, what are some things that we can talk about you know, to, to, you know, to replace, to encourage. And I would just Google, you know, healthy snacks for kids or creative snacks for kids. Everybody's got a food plan, a blog, a Pinterest. I mean, my my wife and I spend half my time on Instagram when it's not business related is sending my wife cool ideas that we can put in our daughter's lunchbox. Like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, (laughs) you know, um, so luckily we've exposed our kids to a lot early on. So like Xander now is eating liver pate. Um, we give them salmon. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, Tommy, I've, I've seen yeah. what your kids eat. You know, you've got yeah. some, <clears throat> some more natural stuff. Um, you know, so get, I was restricted as a palate and my wife can speak to this cause she deals a lot with this. You know, a restricted palate as a kid is you've missed the opportunity, Yeah, Um, the kid that only wants chicken fingers or french fries. Oh, duh. Everybody wants chicken finger french fries But their palate hasn't been exposed and when babies make that face at a young age, it's not that they don't like it It's it's the texture. It's a textural response So, you know If you have younger kids for parents out there introduce them to foods that you don't like right things that you don't "Ah, I hate seafood Okay, well, give there's a lot of value in a in a a wild-caught salmon, you know so just some other things to think about. Get on Google, get some resources. Um, and I just want to talk about Quinn's timing of eating because really the question is, can kids fast? Um, and my child fasts, not by design. Mm -hmm.
1: So do mine. Yeah. They just do it. (laughs) They do it when they go through growth spurts, they do it naturally. It, it pumps out the growth hormone they just, they know when to do it. They will start piling in the food before a growth spurt. All of a sudden, one day they're the pickiest eater of the world, or they're just like, no, no, thank you. I'm just going to play. You're like, well, wait, wait a minute. Normally you'd be, you just piled in the food this time yesterday. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't want it today. And then all of a sudden, you know, a, a few days later, they're like half an inch taller. Right. Right. You're and, like, then wait, just lean.
0: Yeah, and they're asking, but why, but why, but why? But why? Like, no. no. No, slow down. Um, so yeah, Quinn, um, you know, she was going to, you know, my wife practices, I was in practice. I now have, you know, consulting and then the fasting stuff. So I, you know, our schedule is very different than the nine to five, but we yeah. have a couple of um, places that she goes to school. Um, you know, one's a Spanish schoolhouse. This other one was the LPS, but they've obviously shut down for for the rest of the year. Um So, um, you know, we used to get up and like have to get her out of her crib at 730 and get her downstairs and we'd have to like cook eggs and we make these little Applegate Farm sausages and we'd have fruit and then she wouldn't take a bite. And that just adds 15 to 20 minutes to the process. So now we just have stuff, healthy stuff ready to go. And if I'll ask her in the morning, you know, older kids, teenagers, attitudes, I have no idea what to tell you. (laughs) Um, probably get them, like Tommy said, involved in the process and the decision-making, take them shopping, teach them. They want to learn. Yes. It's a pain in the behind, especially if you're doing homeschooling right now in the situation we're in, I cannot imagine. Um, but get them involved in the process. But Quinn now I'll ask her, do you want green juice or do you want the, you know, the non not from concentrate apple juice? And we cut it with water and she says yes or no. Some morning she says water. And I said, okay, do you want a baby snack on the way to school? And some morning she's like, yep, I want cheese balls. And I'm like, uh, no, we don't have cheese balls. And we actually do have a <laughs> vegan cheese puff, right? That's like super healthy. I'm like, no, you're not getting that. You get a banana, um, you know, you get, uh, you know, these strawberries, you get, you know, and we give her options and then she chooses one and off we go. But most mornings she doesn't eat because then she gets snack time at school at 1030. She gets lunch at 12. She gets snack time at two and then she comes home and she won't, some nights she won't eat dinner until six or seven.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, she just, she knows naturally I don't need any more food. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't need it. I'm, I'm going to get my food and I'm right. not, I'm not hungry for it. Right. So, so limit the snacks. Traveling. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She, she just knows what she's doing. Um, I totally just stepped on you there. Sorry. Tommy. Um, Sorry. so yeah. Um, get them if they're older, get them involved in the process. Look for those creative resources. Kids like variety. Um, if you've ever, you know, have a three-year-old that their attention span. They like variety. They like change. So that's been huge for me is going back and forth with my wife on Instagram. And, and she sends me Pinterest ideas. And then, you know, we, we put them in the lunch and like we open it up and like, wow, she crushed that next day. Eh, maybe not so much, but so yeah. um, limit the window, limit the snacking, replace those snacks with healthier options. Um, and uh, yeah, just keep working on it. But I, I think, you know, overall, you know, we'll, we'll be pleasantly surprised. There's a doc that I follow and work with where his family all fast, and he's got a couple of teenagers that are athletes, and so the physiology is there to support it. Um, there's just not a lot of you know research out there to do so.
1: Yeah, not a lot of doctors and providers are going to back that up because right. if 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 they haven't been trained on it, then then they're probably going to be um, you know a little yeah. little more hesitant. Don't know,
0: get don't get me that. started on the growth chart. Okay, we're not going to go down that path. So, Megan, I really do appreciate, down. and hopefully that you know, that was received as, as coming from a place of um, being a parent who once again is reminded daily he has no idea what he's doing. Um, but, you know, there are some principles here and some things that hopefully you found valuable. So um, just want to wrap up this episode of our second Q&A. Um, love and appreciate you guys for following us. Uh, we are absolutely loving the the um, feedback and the uh, the conversational questions. So, Again, drop us a five-star review on the podcast. Go get the fast start guide on the website, thefastingforlife.com, www.thefastingforlife.com. Click the button, get the download, get the PDF, sign in, create the login for the mini masterclass, and those 20 minutes of videos will be transformational. And before you know it, uh, you will be seeing the results that you've been looking for. So uh, Tommy, anything else to add there?
1: No, couldn't have said it better myself, sir.
0: Awesome, awesome. A lot of times you'll throw in a last-minute actionable, like boom, like you know, like a little little atom bomb there.
1: Okay, Um, so you're saying I'm I'm disappointing you? No, no, no. I
0: want to give you the opportunity. You always (laughs) you you tend to uh, you button hook me sometimes. So um, I think we went through enough in this episode. So we'll leave it there. Thank you, sir, and we'll talk soon.
1: Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode, and you may be wondering where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter, where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to
0: subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.